Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Natasha Nagra, Resourcing and Talent Director at Valor Hospitality Partners. Coming up on today's show... Natasha reveals her lockdown learning. Well, I learned that I was slightly neurotic and, yeah, and, and losing my mind is what I learned. Phil has a conversation with himself... Have you ever thought about recruitment? Well, until today, I didn't even know it existed. And Natasha tells us about her hard-earned reputation. Probably forever be the girl that fell almost off the back of the stage. All that and so much more as Natasha chances through her story and journey to date. Natasha is one of the greatest champions of this industry and she's clearly an innovator in the talent attraction space. As two people who care about the human side of the business, there's a lot of stuff in here around that, a subject I think we could both talk all day on. Our chat caps a lovely end to the first part of season two as I'm now heading off for a short break, but we'll be back in the summer for more hospitality shenanigans. In the meantime, please don't forget to give us a like, subscribe and a review. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, your host, Phil Street. Today's guest, it's fair to say, is very well known within the world of people and her career so far includes stints out of industry, in industry with contract catering, and now also in industry, still industry, thankfully, within hotels. She's also the co-founder of Hire, which is Hospitality's internal recruitment exchange, has won more awards and come up with more initiatives than I've had breakfasts, and now finds herself at the helm of resourcing and talent at Valor Hospitality Management. So I am thrilled to welcome to the show Natasha Nagra. Thank Hello. you so much for having me. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? It has, yes, it has. How are you? Yeah, I am really good. Um, busy, as I think everybody is and everybody relates to at the moment. But um, yeah, I'm glad we've been able to find the time to do this. Yeah, well, I mean, we uh, spoke just before we switched the microphone on about that word busy. Uh, there needs to be a, we need to reinvent. And there's also, I think there's a, an element, certainly I've read so much psychology on the, the subject about like it becomes an automatic response when somebody says to you, Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. And you just kind of start believing your own press really on that. But uh, but I literally am busy. I know, that's it. And it's all very important stuff that is a priority. And it's, um, yeah, it, but it's good. I wouldn't have it any other way, if I'm honest. I, I thrive and I love working in a fast-paced environment, as many do, you know. Yeah. You have to, I think, to work in hospitality. But, yeah, there are moments where I, I'm going on annual leave this week and it's the first time I've taken nice. leave since the since Christmas and I'm ready for it. But, yeah, I'm going to throw myself into it and, uh, yeah, switch off for a few days. Yeah, well, extra thanks then for taking time out the week before you go on annual leave, because that's usually more busy than all the other weeks. Tying everything up, yeah, but um, yeah. Great. Well, where are you today? That's a very interesting room. So this is the club lounge at the Crown Plaza in Solihull. Um, So I've snuck away to find a corner. And uh, if you hear any footsteps in the background, uh, I do apologise. But for now, it's it's just us. But yeah, Crown Plaza, that's one of our hotels at Valerie. We operate in the UK 37 hotels. And if you don't know about us yet, that's because I'm still relatively new in my role. And you will find out more about us over time. But you'll probably know more about the brands that we work with and the hotel um, brands that we operate. So Holiday Inn, Crown Plaza, um, Doubletree by Hilton etc yeah and we, we are a global business we're based over in the states and, and in South Africa as well uh, just over 50 hotels in total globally yeah and well I mean I, the I've been aware of Valor for many many years but it seems like now you guys are really getting some 
momentum together? Yeah, I think, um, you know, with aspirations to get to around 50 hotels in the UK, we're not ever going to be like one of those big, enormous management companies. And the reason why that is, is that we have, a, I know everybody says this, but we really, really do have a very unique culture that exists at Valor. And I think to protect that and to keep that specialness about us, I think that's kind of our sweet spot at 50 hotels. But yeah, we've grown rapidly. We, we doubled the size of our portfolio last year, along with that, um, that, that strategy to grow our portfolio. And it's a really exciting in time to be here I'm, I'm new as I said I joined the business in October last year um, it's flown by I feel like I've Hasn't been it just? forever yeah um, but um, yeah really really great company it was really nice for me to be able to continue my experience working within the branded hotel area it's what I love doing so um, to take all that knowledge and come into Valor who's at a much earlier stage of their journey than where I was previously is, is really exciting and, and shape that resourcing and um, you know employee engagement and employer brand strategy from from the beginning really it's it's, it's been exciting yeah for sure well I mean Let's get on the journey then, because the yeah. um, let's go all the way back. Because as I mentioned at the top, uh, certainly from what I could see, is that you have had stints out as well as in the industry. How did you end up getting into hospitality in the first place? Yeah, so I... I, I... Still now, although my remit is very broad and I look after the wider people agenda, I still consider myself at my core to be a recruiter. And like most people who enter into the world of recruitment, it was never an intention. Um, it, it was a, a bit of an accident, but uh, yeah, a happy accident in that I I studied actually um, my degree. And then as part of an Erasmus programme, I went over to um, Cyprus and I came back and it was the end of my degree. And I suddenly panicked thinking I studied a very generic degree and I actually still have no idea what it is that I want to do so um, I headed into a recruitment agency and said I desperately need some temp work and they asked me if I'd ever considered working in recruitment which I didn't but with the offer of a job I jumped at the opportunity and you know um, very different environment very sales driven Um, I loved recruitment but I hated leaving the candidate at the door um, which is why I made the decision to leave and and go into the world of internal recruitment and that's where I started working for the likes of Interserve and um, Compass Group so big complex matrix organizations building the Uh, central recruitment teams within those businesses Um, and I guess whilst broader hospitality uh, that's where I kind of got my love for the industry Um, I think no matter what area in business you know hospitality businesses you are there's like one common thread which is it's people it's all about the people and I love that and um, then you know it was after I left Compass Group that I went into Q Green Hotels and that was my first role within the hotel environment and I don't think I'll ever leave if I'm honest I I love you know the the world of hotels Um, I love the people that I work with day to day and you know I've been quite fortunate that I've had two opportunities now within the hotel sector to build from scratch and employ a brand, what it means to be part of a company and take that and communicate that with candidates and, uh, you know, build and shape a culture that's attractive to both, you know, the new people that you're bringing in, but also improving the experience of those people that work within the business at the moment. So that's kind of how I've got to here and where I am today. So I still do recruitment as part of my role and people look at me and, and they say, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I, I do a lot of recruitment and they give me this look where it's almost like they feel sorry for me, but I'm like, yeah. no, no, it's <laughs> I genuinely love what I do. I think, you know, making a decision to change a job is like one of the biggest 
decisions that you make in your life. You only make them a few times, right? And I think if you can really influence people to make a decision that's right for them and they find a place where they belong and they can thrive, you know, you really play a part in changing people's lives. And oh, it's for that sure. It will stay with them. So I'll never really want to relinquish uh, that area of responsibility that I've looked after. But um, yeah, as I say, now my, my role is much broader. And yeah, we've got a lot of work to do, but it's exciting times. Yeah, but that, that's that's good that you've found that thing that kind of sings to you because the uh, you know I, I, there's a lot of people would go to many many different places before they find it. In actual fact, mm-hmm. you found it pretty quickly and by chance actually. Oh yeah. Because um, and you're right when, when you say it, I don't think anybody goes through their schooling and university and goes I'm I'm going to be in recruitment <laughs> I think it is something that it's the same for me I mean I, I worked on a cruise ship and I didn't even know that recruitment existed you know it was all just part of HR uh, back in <laughs> back in that day but I also remember when I came off ships and then started looking for a job on land that all of the jobs pretty much were being uh, I don't want to say controlled by but they were being managed by uh, external recruitment companies and that was the first experience that I ever had of that. And much like you, a chance conversation that somebody said, oh, have you ever thought about recruitment? Well, until today, I didn't even know it existed. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And I think the role of the recruiter has evolved so much. And I'm quite fortunate in that, you know, I do have uh, a lot of marketing experience that I've accumulated along the way. And I would, I would say that the role of a recruiter these days is just as much, I guess, very aligned to the traditional role of a a digital marketer in many respects it's you know who is your persona who is that individual that's going to belong in your business and how do we make sure that we're accurately telling the story that appeals to those individuals and and taking that to market and I think you know it's um the role has evolved there's so much noise out there at the moment and everybody's vying for the same talent and we've got a real opportunity within recruitment to you know change the way that we do things and, and communicate differently so um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really well, it. the the solution to the problem always rests in looking after your own house first, right? I mean, oh, the yeah. and you've you've hit the nail on the head for me, and this is something that doesn't get nearly enough discussion time, which is that actually marketing is such a massive part of the overall piece of the jigsaw. Of course, there's you've got to back up the marketing with actual gumption and actual you know, strong values and and all of these sorts of things that relate to why somebody would want to come and work for you in the first place. But yeah, we need to talk more about marketing because without that, you know, it's just job advert or even that's marketing in itself. Yeah. Somebody responds and that, you know, and then the process is beginning from there. But yeah, you can do a lot more to be more proactive on that. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there for us for sure. Um, and there's new channels are coming up all the time like so I, I still consider myself to be quite young but then you know I have a third almost 13 year old child who talks about like social networking that I've never heard of before and I'm like oh god like I need to know what this is because you know that it's a growing audience and I need to understand how we can communicate and translate what it means to be here to, to the new people that are entering into the workforce so it's it's ever evolving yeah I know, absolutely. I feel like this is a subject matter that you and I could talk about for a long, long time. But um, I'm interested, actually, just in terms of the how does it work from because you you said that you you manage multiple brands across, you know, all of the kind of the big players in in that space. Mm -hmm. How do you get it so that because obviously you've got to, I suppose, manage 
that brand's expectation along with Valor's expectation of what it is to be a Valor person. How does that work? Yeah, and that's one of the biggest challenges that I face in, in you know, my roles within the, the hotel industry. And, you know, when I came for my first interview within the hotel sector, incredibly naive and not re- probably anywhere near as um, prepared as I should be. I just thought a holiday in was a holiday in and the Crown Plaza was a Crown Plaza. And, and, and that was it, really. I didn't understand the franchise model to the extent that I probably should have. But that is the reality for a lot of candidates. And actually, what we're trying to, to convey and communicate and help people understand is that when you come and work in a Valor hotel that's operated under a, a Holiday Inn brand or a Crown Plaza brand, it's, and it's, it's a different experience to the one that they might see 10 miles down the road. And it's as much that education piece and, and, and getting that message across that, yes, you know, we've got the expectations of the brands and you'll be working to brand standards, but largely that's a name above the door and a way that we operate, but the culture and the ways of working and the people that exist within the hotels are very much aligned to values and and who we are and you know we have our own expectations of what great performance looks like that sits above the expectations of the brand and you know it's it's not always easy when you're working in an employer branding space to you know have to appeal to uh, and meet the expectations of you know different layers that exist within your employer brand but yeah certainly we try you know you mentioned adverts earlier it's you know we, we weave it into those adverts and you know it's it's in our marketing people will see that yes it's the brand but it's a, a valid hotel and this is what it means to be part of us but it, it's difficult and I've worked in big businesses previously where it's, you know, people thought the management company was just a payroll company. They had no idea, but Valor are very present. And I talked to you earlier a lot about the unique culture that exists here. And, you know, that does translate. You feel it when you're in one of our hotels. It feels different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, um, I just, you've been there for what, six months now? You said October? Is that six months? Six, seven-ish months. Yeah, so you're, I suppose you're literally now at the point of rolling your sleeves up because oh, I'd, yeah. I'd take some time to get used to the people, the ways that, you know, what is being a Valor person, what, is, what does all of that mean? But oh, now, yeah. now the real work begins. Well, I don't know about that. I was in my interview and, and, and my boss was, you know, I talked, what, what's my onboarding going to be like? And, you know, we all know what it's like in hospitality at the moment and recruitment is, you know, is... It's, it's insanely busy um, and so I said oh what's my onboarding going to be like and she said onboarding no <laughs> these are your roles you just you, you just get on with it and um, it's not true I had a very thorough onboarding process and I spent a lot of time in the hotels getting to know the teams but I did very much get stuck in um, from day one and I think that's helpful having come from a very similar structure and and an environment where I understood the brands and you know it was just what makes us different here but yeah I feel I feel like I've been here for much longer but I've got a lot of the housekeeping done and and a lot of the the things that we needed to get done in the early days and now it's the time where we can start to you know look at the 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 bigger ticket items so working on things like you know our our career site and our employer brand offer and, and how we can take that out to market and start winning lots of awards for all the incredible stuff that we do here so yeah it's been a bit of a ah oh my god there's so much to do but now we can start to yeah get into the media stuff which is good yeah yeah well funny you mention awards I did um mention at the beginning of the show around the fact that you seem to make a bit of a habit of uh of winning uh awards I'm going to assume that, well, I was going to assume that you don't set out to do this, but I know I'm beginning to feel that maybe, yeah, let's 
do this. Let's go and win awards. Let's show the world how good we are. Well, it's like everything that you do, we have our objectives. And I think, um, you know, when you look at employer branding, I think the the penultimate objective is to, you want to attract the right people into your business and you want them to have, you know, a successful career with you and that that deliver, you know, great commercial results for your organisation. Yeah, that's one thing, I think. But then also it's like the work that we do and everything fitting into place, the best way that we can make sure that we get the recognition for that is to to win an award for it and be recognised, you know, amongst you know all the other businesses in hospitality that do things really well so it's not it's not always the intention the intention is to get it right and deliver the results for the business but it's yeah. always nice to be able to say hey we won the best recruitment initiative um yeah maybe yeah. that's just maybe that's just a vanity thing i just I, don't know. I, like, <laughs> I like to be the best i'm very competitive yeah but do you know what there's nothing wrong with that i think that that's the thing I, you're I, generally speaking uh, there's a lot of humility in hospitality and and sometimes well we definitely need to be better at shouting about how good it is yeah. so why not shout about how good you've been you know and and I, mm-hmm. equally i know that you know you don't just say well here's my application there's a whole process yeah. to go through to you know to get to a point where you're you know even nominated and then notwithstanding what you have to get go through to mm-hmm. make sure that you win so you know definitely I mean I, I was kind of uh, you know pulling your leg a little bit earlier on mm-hmm. I, I admire everything that you've been able to achieve I actually have them written out here because there's oh, so many I'm, of them I'm glad I'm not on film because my cheeks are going pink yeah <laughs> great places <laughs> to work accreditation 2022 so that's now that's where you are that's correct yeah yep Excellent. In-house recruitment team of the year at the Cater.com People Awards in 2019. Excellence in Talent Attraction at the HR and Hospitality Awards. Best Use of Digital Media to Attract Talent at the Springboard Awards for Excellence in 2019. Best Attraction and Development Initiative at the Springboard Awards for Excellence 2019. It goes on and on (laughs) and on. So, you know, but yeah, I I think the the key thing with an award for me is, is that, as you've quite rightly pointed out, it's actually... One, it's about making sure that you're doing the best possible job that you can. You're clearly an ideas person. You clearly come up with things that uh, work. I'm sure there are ideas that you've come up with that don't work as well because that's how you learn. But, and I I suppose a case in point in that is, and I also mentioned this at the top of the show, and I know that it's on a a little bit of a hiatus at the moment, but you, you founded this, this thing called Hire. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, Hire was born, uh, I guess I I was early into the more traditional sense of what hospitality is um, in in the hotel industry and a little bit isolated in some respects in that I didn't have a very strong network of individuals of which I could draw on their expertise and I really wanted to build that and I kind of put a post out on LinkedIn and um, you know asked if anybody wanted to do a bit of a get together and it escalated and I realized that there were actually a lot of other people across the industry in recruitment that face um, similar challenges who would love the opportunity to to get together and share ideas and yes we are all competing for the same talent but I think the biggest challenge that we face as an industry is that we're losing all of our talent to other industries so coming together and sharing best practice and finding ways to do things that can benefit us all was 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 really key so I came together with um, Ollie who I know you've had on the show previously and yep. 
um, a few others um, and we and hire was born essentially and we decided to run a big event and bring together all of the the people people across the hospitality industry and and it was just a forum to share best practice to talk about ideas and to do something good for the industry and we had a huge first event we had like over 100 people that came along we were absolutely blown away it was incredible and had the pandemic not come along that would have continued and we had the intention of running those things you know really frequently and I'd love to be able to say that hire was still you know in its traditional sense and with its original intention still alive but it's not but um, we're not running events as such because we're so all incredibly busy but the networking and the relationships that are built you know we're all still in a group together we all still talk daily um, you know how are you approaching this and you know how could we do this differently and is you know, that is a recruitment um, refer friend scheme worth looking into at this point. And I had a call with somebody in the group this morning who had just returned back from maternity leave and was just looking for a bit of a market overview as to how things are. And I think, you know, more important than anything is that that, that forum still exists and it's been really helpful. Yeah, and I've met some incredible people through it. Yeah, I, I think this is a massive thing for the, the industry though in, in terms of you just need to go ask and people yeah. will give. Yeah. you know their their time their knowledge whatever and actually you know yes you you're right we're all vying for potentially the same people to come and work for us but actually we shouldn't be competitive about that in my view I, you know we um and actually sharing best practice and best method ultimately i like to believe that if the company's getting their piece correct and the candidate is in tune with themselves as to what they want. They will always end up in the right place. Oh yeah. The um, you know, so why be competitive about that? You know, if and if somebody comes to you and and you know you do you go through onboarding and three months in they say, do you know what, this is not for me. Let's not be you know scared of that. That's natural. That's part of life. You know, we can't get things a hundred percent right a hundred percent of the time. But yeah. then, you know, to sit in a forum whereby you would have somebody like Ollie and um, I think you had, um, there's another guy that I know. Who's Adam, Ollie G-Day and, and yes, we had Stacey if, over at Goucher, yeah. Yeah, so many, actually, so many. Yeah. You know, but to be able to sit in a room and, and share best practice, how do we make all of us better? And, uh, and almost have this kind of network of like, like, well, we don't have a role for you now, but I know that these guys over there do. Yes. you know and all of that sort of stuff and and that's how we win that's there's the cohesion then in the industry that everybody wants to plug together it's that that i've used this word so many times on the show it's co-opetition you know Ooh, i like that I'm not, yeah i've not heard that one before. oh that means you haven't listened to the show that's a that's a you, mark no, off. I, I, I think i must have just listened to ones you didn't use it but i love that it's really good yeah, um, that's not mine, by the way. I nicked that from uh-huh. somebody else. Yeah, I've yeah. never known you could have taken full credit for that. <laughs> and um, edutainment, that's the other one. That, that's a good one. That was Jim Knight, um, speaker. Yeah, so you educate people through entertainment. That's the... Well, I've got a good idea for this. I'm exploring all things around the metaverse at the moment and how oh, we can God. use it to, to edge. What was it you said? Edutain. Edutain. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God, the metaverse. I um, yeah. I, do you know what? I classify myself as somebody who can keep on top of stuff, like when it comes to tech and all of that. I've never been scared of it, but I literally feel like I get my head around one thing, oh, yeah. and then two more things come along. Like, so I'm behind on TikTok, and now the metaverse is. I'm. What the hell is it? 
I know it's uh, get yourself an Oculus and, and get in there and just have a wander around. But I feel the same, you know, the rate of, you know, technological advancements, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of scary. I sometimes say, I just want to get off the world. It's going too fast. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's tough, but hopefully it will just continue to improve the lives of our teams and it will continue to, you know, simplify the ways that we do things so that we can concentrate on the things that will never be replaced by technology, which is that, yeah. you know, emotional connection and those real memorable experiences that are so deep rooted in the, you know, interactions that you have with one another. So absolutely, uh, we just need yeah. to find the right balance. Tech, tech should be the uh, the thing that kind of underpins all of the people yeah. stuff, uh, all yeah. of the, the the front stuff. The you know, the, as you say, the emotional connection. It shouldn't be the thing that drives that. It should definitely for me. It should always remain that way around because I, I, there's a, a a real case in point. I remember once upon a time taking a brief from a client uh, about a role and. They uh, went out to market, found a couple of people, spoke to one person on the phone. They said, oh, I actually applied for that role, but got rejected through the um, applicant tracking system. Uh, just a kind of generic response. I was like, okay, called up my client and said, have you had an application from this person? I've never seen their CV in before in my life. Do you want to send them through? Ended up getting the job. And that's, to me, that's a, that was a, a, a wonderful, le- well, I don't know if I was just, this was my own confirmation bias, just telling me, yes, people win every time. Oh, yeah. When you do tech um, badly, it gets in the way. I wish we could, and I, I have done some work on this previously, and I'm, I'm working on a similar project again, but it's like how, it's just not right. You know, we assess people for a job in hospitality where the inherent skills we're looking for is being able to engage and communicate and, you know, create those experiences we talked about. And you're trying to assess that on a piece of paper. And it's just, it just it's not right. It's not the way that we should do things. And um, I've, I've worked on some really amazing projects that includes like gamified assessment and, you know, how do we understand like the core characteristics that make people uh, successful and, and just use that as part of your recruitment process. And I think um, as diversity and inclusion becomes, you know, more at the forefront and and businesses are working harder to try and create uh, representation at all levels of the business. I think hopefully um, the the recruitment industry and and the way that we assess people will be right at the heart of some real big changes, I hope. So, yeah. 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 It's like everything, right? Balance. You, um, You can't ignore the tech, but don't let the tech dominate you. Um, it's not your overall answer. It's part of the answer. Exactly. I know. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this has gone a little bit off topic, actually. I suppose that was always going to happen to people that give a monkeys about people. But <laughs> yes. um, yeah, this, let's go back to you. And okay. uh, But I appreciate everything that you've said. And I, 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 it was probably inevitable that we were going to get into there at some point. And uh, it's probably a topic that we should probably explore with some other specialists at some point, because I do feel that all of the answers are within us as a collective um we've just got to keep coming together anyway i'm going to draw a line under that now yeah okay (laughs) um so um a question i love to ask everyone and hopefully you are prepared for this have you got any funny stories from your career that you can share with us oh god i've got so many i think like the last 
I had to laugh because if I didn't laugh, I'd cry. But the last, you know, the, the 18 months or it might have been shorter than that. It felt like four years that the children were at home amidst the pandemic. And I was juggling uh, a very busy, probably the busiest I ever have been day job, as well as trying to be mom and teacher and and all that good stuff. I, yeah, uh, I bet very, you learned very... a lot about yourself oh, at God. that point. Well, I learned that I was slightly neurotic and yeah and and losing my mind is what I learned but we had some good moments but I had a very very serious project call at one point with some of the most senior individuals within our business and my then five-year-old son came over my shoulder and you know there'd been lots of really cute moments where we'd said really cute things and I thought this is fine you know the buy-in from the senior team with all of his cuteness and he took one look at the screen and said oh mommy one of those people look so boring. Why do they look like that? And I have never been so mortified in my whole entire life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that, that was a fun moment. Oh, uh, fabulous. Was, yeah. I uh, I completely lost. Um, I, I managed to Your drown job. out. No, no, no. I didn't. I kept my job, but I, I learned to, I blocked out the sound of my children in the pandemic. And so there were many moments where the people would be like, what's that sound? And, I'm, and when I then, you know, tune into what's actually going on in the, the background of my house and my children would be, you know, fighting and, and one would be screaming the song of Spider-Man on, on repeat over and over again. But we survived and they're alive just so. Yeah. And do you know what? Yeah. Now, I think that's now, that's the normal part of life. I, yeah. I highlighted the fact that it was maybe four or five years ago there was that guy who was on BBC once upon a time and his nanny walked in with the or the kid walked in and his yeah. nanny would try to creep to to, <laughs> to retrieve the child and everybody at the time like it went viral because it was so out there and that never happened before on live TV but now I think we just have to expect that that's part of life if the, the, a lot of people are working from home normally yeah. and my I don't have kids but I have a dog and the dog generally likes to sleep for a lot of the day until I get on the phone or on a Zoom or whatever. And that's the time that um, yeah. that she wants my attention. Isn't it so, like, children and animals, they're not too dissimilar. It's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they say never work with them, don't they? Never work with children and animals because you can't, you can't mould them into what you need them to do. Oh, well, I heard an interesting stat the other day, actually, and they said that if you put an animal... I, primarily in a cat or a dog in any of your marketing. And so I'm considering this, how do we get cats and dogs in my recruitment marketing? People are like 70% more likely to, to, to make a purchase. I quite believe it. I quite believe it because <laughs> the, I, I, for the, the dog owners amongst us are crazy people. And I, no. I say that as one, you know, <laughs> and you know, I, I'm, who's not attracted to a video on Facebook, Instagram, wherever it's of true. a cute dog doing something cute and yeah. silly this is true but my my i wish my previous colleague shared the same sentiment when being shouted at by my child that they look extremely boring but <laughs> and Natasha, can we can we have a word yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. indeed the i think it was actually that was the very first recruitment job that i had i think we used to have pictures of meerkats in our candidate marketing because it was really? yeah because yeah. and and i think the the uh the guy who owned the business at the time was a massive advocate for just throwing a picture of a an animal in to his marketing because he said as you've just said he said there's some studies being done around the fact that people are more likely to engage with it if there's an animal 
which people I don't know like what that says about us. more than people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, we should probably park that one there, shouldn't we? And, um, and we digress again. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, no, no, indeed. That's a kind of running theme on this show. So um, <laughs> so that's that's all good. I know you don't want to talk about terrifying, so let's go <laughs> to stupid. Oh, God. What's the yeah. stupidest thing you've done so far in your career? There will be more. Uh, this is not probably- breaking news. I probably shouldn't say this just in case there are any like future prospective or like employers that actually listen to this. But like a lot of my friends refer to me as being like smart, stupid. So they say I'm highly intelligent, really book smart, but I'm 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 lacking a little in that common sense department. And I've got lots of stories of where that's the case. Um, I have gone to Starbucks and asked for a dining coffee and attempted to put the coffee with no lid in the mug in my handbag as I would usually with my takeout coffee that's happened embarrassing at the front of the queue I have <laughs> I've fallen off stages so I was present I given the opportunity to present an award at an award ceremony one year and I was super excited I'm like yes this is a such a prestigious opportunity it's great I get to get a new dress I get to get up on the stage and I did like a full-blown I am tumbling my arms are flapping oh, I am the bird trying to save myself God. off the the stage I've had those moments so where I worked then they, they will never forget me I, I'll probably forever be the girl that fell almost off the back of the stage but yeah I'd say those are pretty up there I've got loads yeah. of them well <laughs> I think we all have I think we all have and I, do you know I, that reminded me of a time I used to work for a company called Portfolio yeah uh, who are no longer Portfolio but uh, we used to do an end of year awards ceremony and I'd stupidly once upon a time uh, told somebody that I'd once wrote and performed two stand-up comedy shows mm-hmm. and um, to varying degrees of success, I should add. So that led to somebody saying, well, you're definitely going to be the compare then for our awards ceremony. And I was like, ah, look, hey, let's let's do it. Let's It'll be fun. It'll be fun. And of course, you get nervous as hell doing anything like that. I get less nervous these days for that sort of thing. But that's, this is now like 10 plus years ago. And there was a section I had in the um, the show which I completely nicked from another stand-up comedian, which was uh, around you've got to, at the beginning of the, the, the show, you've got to move around the stage to find the funniest part of the stage. And that usually that line just get, gets you a, a laugh just because everybody goes, ah, that's quite clever. Yeah, very, very good. So basically what happened at that point was is that I was on the stage and I, was, I like to move around at the beginning to find the funniest part of the stage and took a step to the side the side, and fell off. No, no. So, of course, everybody was roaring with laughter um, like, because they thought I'd, that was, I'd meant to do that. Yeah. But, of course, at least you had an out. I'm just the clumsy girl from HR who fell off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we all have these moments, though. We all have these moments. I, um, I remember my first trip to Dubai and going to Atlantis the Palm yeah. and being so mesmerised by the arrival that I got out the taxi and left my phone and everything in the taxi. Um, But of all the countries to leave stuff in taxis, that is the best country to leave stuff in taxis because it was, it was back with me 20 minutes later. Oh, their service over there is insane. I just, it's interesting. I I spent, Dubai was my, uh, where I spent my birthday in December and I spent my birthday there at Atlantis, the park, which is lovely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible over there. They do it well, don't they? But I, yeah, unbelievable. And that that moment I stepped out the taxi was straight out of an adventure movie, you know, where you just look. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, it's another yeah. world. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So um, did I digress there? Of course I did. Yeah, um, 
actually, you um, you made a point in the first story, I think it was, which I think is absolutely bang on, is that actually as uh, employers, we've got to stop looking for perfect. We've okay. Because it's not there, right? So we've got to start appreciating the, the quirks and individuality of, of people and the and the fact that their differences bring something to the table. Uh, we can't go cuckoo-cuttering everyone. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, we talk a lot about culture fit and actually I'm more, you know, I think people should share values and, you know, three or four values that, you know, bring people together that people share um, is really important when you're looking to build a a culture but actually when you're hiring I think that as well as that you should always be looking at that whole culture ad piece and you know what unique things does does this person bring to a role and you know where can they get involved in, in in you know, bringing something new that we haven't had previously, I think that that's so important and something that we don't do enough. You know, we've, yeah. we've got, I hate job descriptions. I know they're important and they give a list of responsibilities, but that whole person specification, that you know, if you've got 10 things that you're looking for in a person, it's it's, it's too stuffy. It's, it's, it's not right. I think, um, you know, yes, you need some key requirements and, and capabilities, um, but let's let's just think a little bit differently about what we're doing and well that's the old adage of if you keep doing what you've always done you always get what you always got right it's um uh, and it's the same we're if if we're all complaining about the same thing which is that there are a lack of people generally out there then what are we going to do differently because it's not worked to this point yeah sure i think we've got a big task on our hands as employers and you know, there are still a lot of misconceptions that exist within the industry. You know, people think it's just long hours, it's poor pay, you can't build a career. Um, and it's actually not true. Like, you know, as there are in every single industry, there are experiences of people that, you know, you know, could say that that has been the case for them. But actually, I don't see it, um, you know, across the businesses that of, of people that I know that work within them. It's, it's such a rewarding industry and so much opportunity to grow and progress. But I think we need to do more to communicate that and, and change that perception. So, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't. Uh, I could not agree more. Um, back to you. Uh, okay. What's next? This is an easier one. What's um, obviously you're going on leave soon, but um, what's uh, what does the next year have in store for for you and Valor? Yeah, so I'm really excited about um, how we start to tap into what's super important to people now because it gives me uh, an opportunity to get involved in things that I haven't done previously. So we know that people are are more driven by purpose, uh, are more driven by, you know, that whole uh, how businesses are prioritising the planet and, and, and its people over just profit. And so I've recently um, joined our sustainability team here at, at Valor, which is an entirely new area of specialism for me. Um, but it gives me the opportunity to start to look at how we can shape employee experience around people's desire to be in a company that does good for the world. So, you know, we've set an aspiration that as an organisation, we want to be, you know, the only footprint that we want to leave is one in the sand, which is incredible. But then there's a lot of work that needs to be done to getting us there. So not historically perhaps something that sits within your HR agenda, but as people have started to prioritise that, it gives me selfishly a really great opportunity to uh, to kind of explore that and I'm really excited about that and that will form a key part of you know empl- uh, Valor's employee offer which is 
you know, my priority at the moment. We do some really incredible stuff. I still find out things every day that surprise me in terms of what they think is completely normal and that everybody in the industry does. But I know that that's not the case. And um, so I already had something really amazing to work with, but I guess continuing to shape and evolve that so that we can, you know, keep our people, develop them and and build more, bring more people into the business. I'm hoping that we might win some more awards as well because it's been a while. No, Um, no. I know. That's it. So, but yeah, I think that's that. That's the priority for me, really. I need to and and travel on a personal level. I need to use up some of that annual leave because paying up catch up to over those last few years. I think I've got at least seventeen holidays I need to book, but nowhere near enough to do it. Well, but my list keeps getting longer and um, not shorter of places that I need to go. But yeah, actually, I mean, even just from the the uh, the mental capacity perspective, taking breaks is as important as putting the hammer down and and doing some oh, you know uh, some serious work so no you I would imagine that you've definitely earned it oh god yeah no and I'm lucky because you know Valor is so great that whole health and well-being piece is really core to our offer here and you know it's uh, I'll be at work and my boss is like oh just head to the gym or go and have a run in the afternoon which is amazing and you know those are they sound like really small little things but um I think everybody kind of bleeds with that mentality uh, and sometimes it's just those little simple things that that make a huge difference so absolutely uh, yeah we've got to find time to take a break when we're as manic as we are so absolutely if I ever uh, have a hotel I'll have a room that that has sleep pods for um for staff because that that, that would just be that's my idea of what I need at about three o'clock in the afternoon. Norm, sometimes and it's that. just that 20, 20 minute nap. Minutes. Yeah. Optimum time. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and the thing is, is that there's an awful lot of companies resist stuff like that because, you know, dog stay at your desk, keep going, you know, keep blasting, whatever you need to do. But ultimately you don't get the best out of the human. You've got to be trying to make their, or make their life as easy as possible so that their performance is as as good as possible. I agree. And it's like, so we talk a lot in the hotel industry about, you know, the need from a guest perspective that they want like hyper-personalization and that's like a real key thing for them. Um, But then we, you know, our employee experience should be no different to our guests. Their their desires are exactly the same. So like, you know, what motivates and, and engages one person is entirely different to the other. So how we can personalise our offer for, for every single individual is, is, is a real focus for us. And like you say, if, you know, if someone wants to log off to take a productivity nap, like they should be able to, to do that. And because what motivates and drives performance for, and makes them feel happy at work is different for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And now you know what I need. If I ever come and work for you, but oh, no, I hope you're not saying like right now after this call because I no. think it's like rather than it being a product in that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Final question before I let you get on your your merry way: um, What would be your top three reasons as to why somebody should join hospitality? Yeah, um, I think I've touched on it a little bit, but definitely despite have. what people think, you can absolutely forge a career here. Um, I think if, you know, and this probably speaks more so to young people entering into the industry, but I don't think that they're aware that if they come in and get their head down, by the time they're sort of in their, you know, 30s, they can be earning over 100 grand a year as a general manager. Like it's, it's very easily done, you know, yeah. if that's, they set out with an intention. I don't think that they think that's a possibility. And it's 
actually probably one of the most flexible businesses that you can work in long longer the days that you're working like really long hours you know we've got people that just work hours around uh you know school uh, pickups and drop offs you know it's it's not what people think it is and mm. um, sure there are still some businesses that it's like that but if you find somewhere that you know actively promotes flexibility which a lot of businesses do um you know it's, it's it's really great for people that are looking for that second opportunity alongside a side hustle or people that have got children or other commitments it's it's that's a real key reason why um i think we're a great industry and then the others is that it's one of the very few industries that very easily opens up opportunities wherever you want to go in the world like there are hotels everywhere so you can pick yeah. any place that you want to go anywhere in the world and you can go and you know the world literally is your oyster so yeah absolutely don't forget the fun that's the that's the one for me the, yeah, that's it's, true it's fun people it's yeah i i'd agree yeah. and it's great and, and and this is for as well and i think one of the other things i'm looking a lot into at the moment is around we talk about diversity and inclusion but there's the whole piece around people that have got neurodivergent traits so like adhd and dyslexia and and some people that perhaps like based on how they experience those things sitting behind a desk for you know nine hours a day is like their idea of hell so this opportunity like the opportunities within a hotel are perfect for people that are looking for you know anything that's outside of the realms of a normal office job it's great you're on your feet and you're amongst people and it's fun and it's lively and yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely Superb. Great stuff. Well, if um, people want to get a hold of you to learn about Valor, learn about you, just chew the fact generally about hospitality, what's the best method for them to do that? So LinkedIn for mostly all things professional, but just you know, I try and keep it like personal. Uh, but then also if you want to find me on Instagram, I am also on there, although I will post holiday pictures and latte art. So but if those are the type of things oh, that you you can find You've me there lost too. lost me now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> excellent great stuff well look thank you very much for coming and sharing your story and good luck with uh, your leave and beyond Uh, it sounds like you've got a really really interesting time ahead of you yeah and and looking forward to seeing what you come up with thanks so much Phil. thanks for having me no problem at all take care bye-bye and there we have it natasha is a shining star of this industry and i'm so delighted to have gotten some time with her it's yet another wonderful story from hospitality As mentioned at the top of the show, I'm now heading off on a short break, but we'll be back in the summer with more stories from hospitality. In the meantime, have a listen through our back catalogue. There's bound to be some stories of interest. Please also continue to like and share as far as you can, and I'll see you later in the year.